0: Welcome to Mindfulness Fridays with Jad. It's actually a Friday when we're recording all these episodes. Oh, yeah. So it feels very true to form. Um, This is actually the last part of our uh, six-part mindfulness series and it's been such an honour to have Jad here and thank you. He has given us so much of his time and so much of his heart, so much of I'm looking at him and speaking the wrong, like from the wrong like I should be saying so much of your heart, but I'm saying he. So so much of your heart, so much of your mind, so much of not just your intellect but also your emotion and, and your creativity too. I feel like you're sharing so much of that with us. So thank you so much. Just for people listening, Jad is, if you're based in Melbourne, he's available for consults. Yeah. And um, also you do at certain times the you run eight-week
1: uh, Eight-week mindfulness courses. Um, I also do talks and stuff as well. So,
0: yes. I love the way he says it. I also do talks and stuff as well. I'm like, come on, mate, own it. He's so good. <laughs> He's actually in this space. Um, you're the only person that I know that really like really delves into this space and just like goes for it. So, he, yeah, I think anybody that works with you is a. Is is lucky and I'm lucky because I'm your friend so I kind of get this, I'll go and visit him and be like, so let's just chat about this topic for the next 25 minutes and I'll pretend I'm buying tea from you. <laughs> <laughs> so cheeky of me and we both used to work at the same health food store, that's why. Shout out to Brand Health Foods. Um, if people want to know more about you, Jad Patrick Natropathy is on your Instagram.
1: Insta? Jad Patrick Natural Therapies on Facebook. Um, you can find me also at Merge Health, mergehealth.com. Now,
0: they're a clinic space based in Surrey Hills, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So this is this um, is mainly Melbourneites. Do you take Skype consults? I do as Sydney? well.
1: So I do Skype consults as well for counselling, mindfulness, naturopathy and one-on-one consults and, awesome. and the group program as well that I run.
0: Awesome. So as you can see, he's doing so much stuff and you can soak more of him up in the flesh. Um, if you're, especially if you're in Melbourne, um, and for people that have more into corporate stuff, like get him to come into your company and speak to mindfulness. I reckon that would be sick. Um, this topic and this theme is happiness and gratitude, which is quite fitting because I feel very, very lucky and so grateful that we've had you here mm. all friggin' day. I've kept you here. he's getting hungry. I know. We've got no, to get not, food.
1: Not too hungry. You're I, all right. We had our smart bars and a, I had a banana and
0: I've been sacking on almonds. I'm a
1: lola coffee with lion's mane to keep my brain Firing on all cylinders. Oh, you're amazing. I love that you just mentioned <laughs> Product that. Product placement. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so this, this, yeah, this theme is happiness and gratitude. And I've, I've watched a few documentaries on happiness and often happiness is kind of like, it's so interesting because in the earlier episodes, I'm pretty sure you mentioned this in the introduction. So kind of like the first episode of this piece, mm. um, and it's called Introduction to Mindfulness and Meditation, you were like, our brain is hardwired to almost look for the problem and problem yeah. solve. Yeah. Yet in the documentary I watched, the one thing that people say they wanted was happiness. Mm. And I do a human behavior class at acting school and we had to talk or talk about, everyone had to say, I wish for, I wish for, and the most common thing was love and connection,
1: mm. which to me
0: comes under that happiness Rubric,
1: yeah. Would you say? Yeah.
0: So, go for it. What unpack a bit of happiness and gratitude for me
1: well so yeah we we all want to be happier or happy. Um, I think you know we all try to avoid suffering and pain and move towards um, happiness and feeling good that's sort of just innate within us. Um, however, states of happiness, that feeling of joy of um Joy, interest, pride, you know, feeling, those sorts of good feelings are often kind of fleeting. They don't last around, they don't linger for for all that long because part of it is because, one, we have a variety of different emotional experiences which are all um, valid. Plus um, we tend to focus on the negative. Negative, So our mind is hardwired for survival. It's on the lookout for threat. We've discussed this over the last few episodes. You can find out a bit more of that in depth in the first two. It's hardwired for survival. Consequently, we look for problems. And so the mind gets hooked by these problems. Mm. What we practice gets stronger in the brain. So the more we look at problems, the better we are at sticking to those problems and getting stuck by those problems. So we sort of in in a book by the guy of Rick name of Rick Hansen he's written a book called the Buddha's brain and um, another book on happiness he he calls it that our mind is like velcro for the negative and like teflon for the positive ah. so our mind will quickly stick to whatever is a danger a threat or a problem because it wants to avoid that learn from that and 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 not repeat it But if something good happens, that's not a problem to be solved. That's fine. Okay, our needs are met, so I I don't need to focus on that. Let's focus on the next problem and the next problem and the next problem. So knowing that we have this inbuilt negativity bias, which is what psychologists sort of call it, we have to kind of train the mind then to notice the positive in some way. So when we talk about mindfulness and sort of, opening our awareness objectively as we can non-judgmentally with an an attitude of acceptance and welcoming, we have to be aware of the fact that our mind is sticky to these negative experiences. Mm. So we have to kind of overcome that somewhat by recognizing that stickiness and the slipperiness of the happiness. So when we have positive experiences, we want to sit with them a little longer, notice them a bit more richly, um, take our time with them, savor them, really soak up the experience. Which, so,
0: which sometimes feels like, like is it the word gloating? Like, you know how people we're not trained to celebrate our success. We're not in Australia, especially. Yeah, like yeah. So there
1: is that sort of tall puppy syndrome yeah. thing going on, and then also if something good happens, we're sort of you know th- there is a bit of an attitude. Oh, well, that's good, but you know get over it. Don't get a big head about yeah. it. So we don't celebrate our own successes. Very well, and and we don't sort of stay with positive experiences yeah. so well. And part of that's our biology, and part of it's sort of cultural as well. So there's a concept in um, the psychological world called neuroplasticity, which yep. refers to the way our brain will physically change and adapt in response to different needs placed on it. So you know, many many years ago, we thought the brain didn't really change in adults. We know now that that's not the case. That the brain is constantly changing and making new connections. And there's an expression, again, that Rick Hansen uses a lot called neurons that fire together, wire together. So the more kind of connections we make in the brain between positive experiences and internalising those positive experiences, the more likely we are to experience those positive um, uh, emotions, again, in in our normal day-to-day life. So he has a sort of step-by-step process on how to kind of soak up the good so that it becomes kind of wired into our uh, into our yeah. brains. So he calls it heal and it stands for h for have a positive experience. So when you have a positive experience, notice that you're having the positive experience. Really stay present with it. Open up to it. Um then h e enrich it. So Really bring to mind what's going on in that positive experience using all of your senses, your sight, your sound, your smell, your taste, your interoception, so your feelings inside your body, the feelings on your, the surface of your body, your skin, textures, etc. Bring to mind the storyline of what's sort of going on. So you're really enriching the experience in your brain, so you're creating a lived experience of it. Absorb it. So intentionally kind of try to bring that experience into your own mind. Mm. So sort of intentionally kind of think about remembering this experience and not in a clingy kind of holding onto way but just like, yep, this moment's happening, it's wonderful and I want to remember it just like Mm. this and really savour it and enjoy it, like really go along for the ride with the joyful experience. Just like savouring a really delicious meal, you can have that delicious experience with With experiences. Mm. Um, And the final one, which is not so critical, is link the positive experience to other positive experiences in your life. So you can enrich it by linking it to, oh, you know, this birthday, I'm having a great time and it reminds me of another birthday I had when similar people were here and haven't we changed? But isn't it wonderful that there's still that connection? And the brain works through linking different Mm. ideas and so it creates more of a network of positive sort of feelings. And you can practice then when you've, you sort of internalize this positive experience, you can bring it to mind at any time and really feel it, you can start flicking between a negative experience and a positive experience, a negative experience and positive experience, nothing too negative or traumatizing, but so you can bring a bit of equanimity or balance mm. into your experience of your inner world. So, cool. soak it up is basically the, um, the sort of shorthand way of saying that. Really yeah. savor the experience, use your senses, notice that your mind will straight away also start. You know, the amount of times I've been laying on a beach and it's, you know, there's the breeze and there's a the sound of the waves and there's the warmth of the sun and then all of a sudden a fly lands on your foot and you're like your peace is ruined and you're getting frustrated with the fly and then you feel some sand in between your toes and you're getting annoyed at that and then you feel like your armpits are sticky and straight away your mind is defaulting to all these problems. So recognising that what that's what the mind does, that's okay, no need to fight it, but making room for the positive experiences that are also happening and really soaking those up and savouring them and bringing your attention back to them so we internalise that positive experience Mm. more.
0: So fascinating. I say to people as well, you never get the same experience back. So like, uh, for example, I opened a smoothie bar Mm. a few years ago and I remember it was really hard work and Mm. it was really easy to kind of get stressed out with so many different things going on that I didn't expect would be happening. And I remember going, Lola, you're never going to get this back. Mm. You're never going to open your first smoothie bar ever again. Mm. Soak it up. Yeah, was wow. kind of my mantra. Yeah, and I say it to everybody. Like, if someone's away, like you went to Bhutan, mm. and, I say mm. and I remember thinking, fuck, I may never go in my lifetime, mm. and thinking how lucky that you get to do and visit this incredible part of the world. Yeah, yeah. And I think my yeah my mantra very much is like soak it up. Like even at acting school. I'm I'm very uncomfortable there a lot of the time because it's Mm. super outside of my comfort zone. But then I'm like, I'm never going to get this back. Why don't I just like become a sponge Mm. and just like learn and grow and, and even take on the things that I don't love because I'm going to get something from them. I'm still going to gain. So soak it up is a really good mantra.
1: Yeah. I love that. I think that's really, really great. I'm you know, really lucky to live in the Dandenongs, beautiful mm. part of Victoria, but I drive an hour and a quarter in traffic on the way home and I can get, you know, caught up in that, you know, traffic zone of like people, you know, cutting you off and getting stuck at traffic lights. You know what
0: though, my friend? Mm-hmm. I lost my car deal. So I have a you have a car and I don't.
1: Yeah. So often I... Get out of the car, and you know, I've had shitty drive or whatever. And I pause for a second and I smell the forest mm. and I remind myself, How lucky am I? Mm. What a good segue into gratitude! Yeah, please
0: <laughs> go for it. Go that wasn't for that it was not intentional, but
1: <laughs> feels good that it went there. Um, so, some of the things associated with happiness so, one, savoring the good we've just discussed, another thing is gratitude. Mm. actively practicing a feeling of appreciation and savoring what we already have. Mm. Again, because the mind defaults to problems and it's searching for solutions, etc. cetera, we we'll tend to, be, to think more about the things we don't have and we don't take stock of what we do have. So it's a mindfulness practice to bring gratitude into our present reality, to notice where I am already um, content, where am I already having enough. And actively savouring that too, feeling grateful for that.
0: So this is where I want to know how much of our happiness is our perception of a situation that
1: we're in. I think it's a big part of it. You know, all of us are living better than the kings and queens of the Middle Ages by far. You know, Mm. we've got clean running water, access to any food you can think Mm. of around the planet that not all of us are, I shouldn't say that. But, you know, many of us are living these sorts of lifestyles that, incredibly easy we don't have to worry about temperature we don't need to worry about like all sorts of things but we become hooked on what's next what 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 more do i need and we forget to take the time to really celebrate what we already have and we know now that the the state of being grateful is associated with a happier personality type But also the practice of being grateful, so actively noticing the good, taking it in, being grateful for that in our lives, leads to overall happier feelings, better quality relationships, um better immune function, like all these amazing things that you wouldn't think would come from just something as simple as, you know, maybe taking a moment in every day to reflect on what you, you value in your life.
0: So gratitude journals, are they a crock of shit or are they really good?
1: This, this is a surprising thing. Like you could think that this stuff sounds like, you know, pop science bullshit, but there is a good amount of science to show that actively practicing gratitude, using gratitude journals is an example or an app or or even just taking a moment at the end of the day to reflect on, you know, what am I grateful for in my day? Can have a big impact on mood, huge impact on mm. mood. For most people, like with any of these practices, there'll be exceptions. So, some people do find that the word gratitude maybe brings up moments I of I do their life highlight.
0: Or, I say to Matt, what was your highlight of the day?
1: Highlight's a good one. What was your yeah. highlight
0: of the trip? We'll always do a little roundup. And he's yeah. like, here we go. Here's Lola's little like roundup of the day, like yeah. of the trip. And I love it, like, because we do a lot of adventures. And so, I'll be like, what did you love most about that? And, and often they're so different to what I love most.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So it kind of opens your eyes up to it. Did and then you, you get to
1: appreciate the difference as well, that, that, that it's an exciting part of being human is that people have different experiences totally. and, and love different things.
0: Yeah, you found a good stat, didn't you?
1: Yeah, so a really interesting study on the use of gratitude journals. Um, so people who um, actively did a a five-minute-a-day gratitude journal or gratitude practice, increase their long-term well-being by by more than 10%. Mm. So that's the same impact as doubling your income or winning Tats Lotto. So instead of spending, you know, however much on a Tats ticket every week, why don't you spend that five minutes writing in a journal Mm. about what what you're really grateful for? As long as that doesn't, you know, some people... Gratitude brings up minds of you should be more grateful for this. So it instantly stirs up a story of you're not appreciative enough, which is just you're not good enough. So if that happens, letting that story go and focusing back on what what do I value in my life or what are the highlights in my life at the moment, what's going well, actively shifting the focus to the positive, not because the negative is bad, not because, you know, we need to get rid of it but because the mind is a little bit biased. So actively sort of strengthening those connections to the positive.
0: Often in yoga class, I teach a yoga class where it's like a bit fiery and you'll see the faces be like, either they're greasing me off, the participants, or they're getting angry at themselves for falling out of balance, tricky yeah, poses. Yeah. And I'll be like, guys, how lucky are we that we're healthy enough to be doing yoga today, Mm. that we're wealthy enough to pay for this yoga class and live in Melbourne Mm. and um, honour our health. And, you know, and I just say, like, let's have a grateful heart for the rest of this class. And you watch people go from, like, scouring to laughing and smiling. Yeah, And they're like, I've got four limbs. Like, how frigging lucky am I that I'm able to well-bodied enough to even be able to move my body in this way, Mm. you know, and I think that it's a really, when we're stressed out, I think the the brain must go to like, whether it be physically or mentally stressed, it must lean more into that negative kind of, Mm. what can I do to change this? Mm. And that kind of having that little like, it's almost like a, secret tool where you're like, ah, all I have to do is to tap into gratitude. One thing that I do as well, like I get taken advantage of a little bit in business mm. and so often I'll sit down and meet people and have coffee and I'll end up in being a two-hour coffee where I've just like life and business coached them mm. and I feel horrible after. Like I get really an- angry at myself and I get really guilty that I didn't see my own self-worth mm. throughout that person, just let someone take from me and I'll quickly get in my car or I'll, or I'll sit down and be like, what is the lesson i can take from this mm. what can i be grateful for for yeah and i'll be like lola this is a lesson about low self-worth you need to and 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 with my therapist we'll be like how would we do that differently if we got that again mm. Mm. and and then you it, it almost turns like yucky situations mm. into a positive opportunities yeah 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 real, and it makes this whole like gratitude thing becomes super powerful and very potent
1: very very potent yeah and i think you know it's not about kind of wishy-washy positive thinking or being Pollyanna-ish about stuff. It's, it's genuinely appreciating the fact that good things happen, mm. that good things happen in life and it's okay to savour that and notice that. And that draws us into the next topic. Another component of happiness is to have a degree of honest self-appreciation. Mm. to recognize you've got good points, to recognize you've got strengths, to recognize you've got qualities that that are are valuable and to also have some gratitude towards yourself.
0: Mm. We do
1: an interesting exercise in the Mindful Self Compassion Group and now I'm giving away one of the sort of surprises but we get people to list 10 things they're grateful for and just inconsequential things but that make a difference in your life in the day-to-day. It could be, you know, buttons on your shirt. It could be having a remote control for your TV. It could be running fresh, clean water from the tap. Most people will write all these external things. Very few people write qualities within themselves. I'm grateful for my intelligence. I'm grateful for my ability to um, get stuff done on a day-to-day. Mm. My, my brain's not working very well at this stage of the day. But
0: it's our last episode, I promise last you. Last episode and of the
1: day. So
0: It is, it is. can I just add to that one because mm. I had a note in here and and I haven't, don't think I've told you this, but like um, I've written, I don't take stock in what I've done. I'm often chasing the next thing. So mm. I'm, I never go, wow, I've written 10 books. And people will say that to me, oh, my God, you've written 10 books. And I'm like, oh, no, nah, and I have, mm. but I, I'm like, I'm I, I think the brain does do that negative thing, like, mm. oh, I don't, I don't want to be, and I might be like wanting to fit in with the group and I don't mm. want to seem like I'm up myself. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I don't want them to judge me like I've got a big ego or I'm a narcissistic. So mm. I'm going to talk myself down. But I still, even in my own time, mm. I don't go, oh, I did this really cool thing. Like we recorded an, an awesome live podcast that you were a part mm. of last week and you can hear Jad's, um, Mindfulness exercise that we did there, and it was a big feat. It was a lot of work. It was a lot of um, moving parts right mm. up until the event. And I don't think I sat and was like, "I did this really cool thing." I was I literally within an hour of it finishing was on the phone to my agents, going, "How do I do it again in Sydney?" That mm. was my mm. for, thought
1: straight onto the next thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. and I think. I know that's me, but I'm sure it's a lot of people that don't take stock in and celebrate themselves. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, you know, we we avoid what feels bad and we repeat what feels good. And so often we don't take the time to feel good about what we've done. We're not actually reinforcing the behaviour. Mm. We we tend to move into self-critical critical mode. I should have done that better, should have done this better, and what's the next thing I need to do, uh, you know, a, and a, and a side sort of story here is one of the things I've, that's gotten me into a really regular gym habit in the last two years has been this practice of self-compassion. Beforehand, I always had the knowledge why gym was good, enjoyed it when I was there, would push myself hard, but I'd push, 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 and then I'd drop off and, and, and stop going. And it was because whenever I'd go, I'd always be like, oh, but I didn't do enough of that and I should have done more reps with that exercise and oh, what can I do better on the next one? And so there was this sort of negative feeling associated mm. with it of not good enoughness. Instead, this past two years, every time I go, I'm like, just walk through the door. Walk through the door. If you decide you want to go, go home. So it gets you So the pressures, gets taken out of it. And just little things, if I do 10 minutes on the treadmill, I'll be like, well done, Chad, you, you did 10 mm. minutes on the treadmill. And it, it feels stupid at first, but it became, then creates this sort of positive experience of like, that was enjoyable and, and, you know, enough of a push that, you know, you're motivating yourself, but not so much that it becomes this like, Slog, slog, exactly. Yeah. And lo and behold, at first I thought, "Oh, this is never going to work." I've been going consistently now for a year and a half, two years, which beforehand was just.
0: And Jad's rep now—it's oh, so annoying. Not
1: at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not allowed to lie on this show, blah, blah.
0: No, no, no. Uh, but uh, it's it's so fascinating because I think we look at so many things in our life as like tasks that we just like we should do, like the gym or going, like as you were saying that, in yoga I go usually hell for leather. So I go mm. really hard, I go to a hot yoga class, I'm a backbender, so I'll go really hard on my backbends. And now the first thing I do when I go to a yoga class is I go straight to where you can take the little blocks, like little yoga blocks so that I can do a supported backbend which is mm. much easier, mm. it's much gentler on my spine. But I tune into what my body needs, where I'm in my cycle and how I feel in that moment. Mm. If, my, if it's nourishing to my body or if it's not. Mm. And it makes going to yoga so much more fun
1: yeah, because you're yeah. not
0: punishing yourself. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's about, yeah, there's a big difference between punishing yourself and coming from a perspective of I'm not good enough, so you're moving away from a problem, problem versus I'm good enough but I also want to be better or I want what's best for me or I want to grow even further. There's a different energy mm. behind it.
0: Just on the um, quickly on the concept of happiness, and I think you've already probably touched on this, as opposed to it being like this destination, like I'm going to get to happiness and then my life is sorted. Mm. It, is happiness kind of like one of many different things that we feel at different times?
1: Yeah, exactly. So the the, the feeling we call happiness is fleeting. It's part of the yeah. myriad of feelings that we experience. I guess that a better word for for the happiness we're kind of wanting in life is kind of contentment. Mm. Which um, I read a good definition of contentment. It's pleasure plus meaning, and mm. meaning is still the greater part of it. So sometimes we can be in the greatest of pain, but still find a lot of meaning in our lives, and our lives feels kind of happy or content. And other times. We We can have all sorts of things given to us and be in a great situation but still feel quite miserable. Um, The Greeks had a really good word for their version of happiness, the ancient Greeks, called eudaimonia, which... Sort of translates as flourishing oh. and it was about living in accordance with one 's values and virtues, so again, values come into it what 's important and meaningful to me in my life once you know what 's important and meaningful, you can withstand even the the biggest of storms because you 've got these values that 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 give you strength and energy and enthusiasm mm. and then happiness becomes just a byproduct it 's a nice it 's a nice stopover on the way but when you're in touch with your values, sadness and grief and pain can also be a rich part of the human yeah. experience. They build more meaning and drama into our mm. into our lives. So being able to open up to those, welcome them in and stick to our values and do what's important, that's where real contentment and happiness I think comes from. You're awesome.
0: That was a perfect way to round up. Is there anything you want to add to this topic? Because I, I mean I would hate it if we missed the word Eudaimonia.
1: You know. Eudaimonia. I'm, I'm not even sure if I'm saying that right. but I've
0: Sounds good. It's one of those
1: words I've read a lot and then never Eudemonia. said out loud. Eudemonia. Oh, it's a beautiful word. Yeah.
0: And I think like you said, like I think if we think, and for me as soon as you said contentment where pleasure and meaning are met, mm. it to me that feels, as you were saying, that more like purpose, more yeah. purposeful as opposed to I've got to get that thing and mm. tick that box and I'm going to feel happy at the mm. end of that because mm. you probably won't. But when it becomes from pleasure and meaning like I think that's why the live podcast worked. I think that's why the podcast worked because it's the two things for me.
1: Coming together. Correct. And just that little sprinkling of challenge, I reckon, as well, which gets us into that flow state where we sort of feel pushed and stretched so we have to focus but not to the point of overwhelm and also not so easy that it becomes, well, what's the meaning of this? What's the purpose of this? It's too easy. Totally. Yeah. How exciting. What a great bunch of chats we've had.
0: Oh, so awesome. Thank you so much to everybody that's listened and been along this journey with us. Thank you for being part of it and making it possible. If you have just, this is the first one you've listened to, the happiness and gratitude one, go back and listen to the past five episodes because we have covered so many topics, stress and anxiety, grief, heartbreak, body image, feeling stuck. There, We've covered heaps and heaps of stuff, so... Speaking of gratitude, thank you.
1: Oh, thank you so much. And you know, it's it's a pleasure always doing anything with you. We always have so much fun together oh, yeah. and make it fun and and you know, I want people listening to know how grateful I am for Lola in my life because she's just she's such a giving person, which a lot of people I think, you know, maybe don't know that side of her or see her sort of in the kind of spotlight and situations that she Gives a huge amount of time, and so much work goes on behind the scenes that people yeah. are unaware of. And it's you know, she's always inspired me, and you know, it's been a pleasure to to do to work on this stuff. And you know, these are things that I'm so passionate about and want to share. And here yeah. I have the opportunity, so I'm, I'm very grateful to. I'm I'm so. This is just the beginning for you, my friend. As far as sharing more,
0: I know you've got way more of this stuff within you, and. Yeah, it's 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 an honour to be your friend as well. So it's oh. no, seriously, it's very um, we our friendship has stood the test of me living in a different state for six years. Mm. A few times, I think I've been away, and we'll always just check in. And so no, it's this feels to me when I was thinking about when you were just talking then how this whole process has felt. It just feels natural mm. to me, and I think that that's a pretty beautiful place to create something from. Mm. Mm. So, thank you. Please subscribe, people. <laughs> Big love, Jed.
1: Here. This meditation is called "Giving and Receiving Compassion." Please adop- adopt a comfortable meditation posture that you can hold for at least ten to fifteen minutes. Sitting with your back upright to allow a full, easy breath in and out. But not so that you feel stiff or uncomfortable. Breathing in. Roll your shoulders back and open your chest area. Softening your belly. And breathing out any tension in your face, belly or shoulders. Settling into the present moment. And if you like, you can place your hand over your heart area. Noticing that warmth of your hand, the gentle pressure of your hand. Feeling that warmth, setting the intention for this meditation. With this meditation, you're harnessing the powers of concentration by deliberately bringing compassion into your awareness for yourself and for others. Letting go of your hand, if you like, or keeping it there. Always checking in. What do I need right now in this moment? Do I need a little bit of supportive touch? Or am I okay just letting the hand hang where it wants to hang? Turning your awareness now to your breathing. Feeling your breath in your body. Noticing wherever you can sense the breath most easily. Noticing the way our minds and body feel energized on in the in breath as oxygen comes in. and how we have a sense of letting go and a feeling of relaxation with each out breath tuning in again now to what you need in this moment and imagine breathing in something good just for you Imagine you're breathing in some good qualities such as compassion for yourself, or kindness, warmth, courage, or even love. You can feel this in your body as you breathe in, or perhaps silently saying the word to yourself with each breath in. Some people might like to use an image or a color that represents this quality as they breathe this in for themselves. Each in-breath, concentrating on the in-breath and breathing in something good that you need. And then when you're ready, slowly shifting your focus to the out-breath. Feeling into your body as you breathe out. Releasing any unnecessary tension and struggle. Maybe even savouring and enjoying the ease of exhalation. Each breath out, an opportunity to let go a little further. Now, if it feels right for you, inviting someone into your mind who you care for, but who is struggling in some way in their life right now. Someone you know who needs some compassion. Visualizing this person in your mind, or if you find it difficult to visualize, perhaps just bringing to mind the felt presence of this person or living being who is experiencing some difficulty. Now imagining with each out-breath that you're directing that feeling of ease that comes with each exhalation to that person or being. So breathing out that feeling of ah, that feeling of ease and relaxation. Perhaps intentionally sending out the feeling of warmth, kindness, and compassion to this person or being or whatever else you feel they need in this moment. Feeling the good intention behind this, the wish that they be happy and free from suffering. With each out sending them something good. Turning back towards yourself now, directing a few breaths in for yourself of compassion or whatever you feel you need in this moment. And then when it feels right, directing the breath back to them. Perhaps silently saying to yourself, in for me, and out for you. In for me, and out for you. Or one for me, and one for you. Checking in with yourself. Where does this flow of compassion need to go in this moment? Perhaps you feel like you need a little bit more and you need to breathe in and out something good just for you. Or perhaps you're feeling really good and want to direct a bit more to them. Feeling what feels right. Breathing compassion in. And breathing compassion out. And perhaps you might like to include more than one person. Sending intentions of love and compassion and kindness out to a group. Or to all sentient beings. Imagining that there's a limitless flow of compassion, an endless ocean of compassion whose waves ride on your very own breath, directing your intentions out into the world. Savoring any warm feelings that might arise. And making room for any difficult feelings that are there too. Holding them in compassionate awareness as well. If it feels right to do so, placing your hand again on your heart or any other part of your body that feels supportive. Noticing the warmth and gentle pressure of your hand and thanking yourself for setting aside this time to develop your skills of concentration and compassion. And then whenever you're ready, ever so gently opening your eyes.